The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome back to day two of the Chris and Joe show here covering the NFL Combine, giving you the breakdowns of the biggest winners from the day. Today we had the offensive line and the running backs going, and it was a very, very talented tackle group. And then a couple names of running backs that really improved their draft stocks with really impressive testing. But before we start talking about all of these winners, we have to address a pretty big news line that we pretty much predicted yesterday, which was the sled caused so many problems for the tight ends that they might have to reevaluate it. And when we said that yesterday, I was thinking maybe next combine, but they were so fed up with the sled and the drills, they didn't even bother wasting their time with seeing if the offensive line can move them. I'm a little bit uh, uh, devastated here, I was hoping to see Fred the Sled again, but it cut things a little bit short today. We did not get to see see the uh, the eventfulness of the sled drills with the O-line. Yeah, I was actually kind of looking forward to that. I was looking forward to seeing guys who are used to hitting sleds pushing Fred the Sled around. Yeah, I, I think it would have been a lot of fun to see Tristan Wirfs and Jedrick Wills, and if he hadn't gotten hurt, Mikai Becton and... Isaiah Wilson and all of those monsters out there just throwing that sled around. It, it probably was a smart business decision by the NFL and those organizing the combine because did not want to go out there and have yet another incident of a position group struggling to move it. Even if they were, even if the offensive line was a little bit more technically sound, if it wasn't working out, it would have looked bad on their part. So business decision to get rid of it we stuck with what really worked and what we were familiar with a lot of footwork drills a lot of pad and hand placement type stuff a lot of guys that were able to flash during those things and the first guy right off the bat that we don't even need to waste any time beating around the bush that is Tristan Wirfs from Iowa had easily the most outstanding day at the NFL combine maybe already an early winner for the week because he came in six foot five, 320 pounds, 34 inch arms, but he ran a 48540 at that weight to go along with a record breaking vertical 36.5 inches. Overall, though, 
you saw his base, you saw his athletic makeup. He has incredibly large legs, which is such a positive for an offensive lineman, especially a left or a right tackle. Having a big, strong base like that and then being able to move like it was nothing. Having the feet of a linebacker or a safety and having quick feet like that at that size is a true testament of how athletic he is and how much of an impact he could have for an NFL franchise right away. Yeah, if you remember back to our earliest combine previews, we had Ben Solik on, and he highlighted Tristan Wirfs as just an athletic freak show of a lineman and a guy that he said he would not have had a problem with a team drafting as high as second overall because that's where the Giants were drafting at that point. And Wirfs absolutely backed him up today. Yeah, He's got prototypical size and beyond prototypical athleticism for an offensive tackle he's got experience on the right he's played a lot on the right for iowa he has experience on the left he subbed in over there this year he's a powerful run blocker he's a good pass protector he is definitely a winner from this week He's also coming from a program that is known for producing very fundamentally sound offensive linemen. And the big storyline here to follow with Wirfs is not just that he looked very, very athletic. He looked explosive. He looked incredible and outperformed some expectations for him and seemed to exceed expectations even though we knew he was going to be this athletic. The biggest storyline here is that we have been talking about for a while now how some of these names at the top of the tackle class have not really been able to separate themselves. We've talked about, oh, maybe this guy is in front, maybe this that guy is in front. But I think with a performance like this and doing as well as he did is enough to put him in that offensive tackle one conversation. It answered a lot of those questions. And there are a lot of guys and the whole top four of the offensive tackles for this year's class all had good combines, but with a performance like this from Werfs, you have to question, do you even need to waste time arguing the other guys? Should he be that offensive tackle one? I still think there are arguments to be made over who is your OT1. Maybe it just comes down to what is your available slot. You know, Werfs can play both sides, but Jedrick Wills is a natural right tackle. Andrew Thomas is a natural left tackle. Mikai Becton is a natural left tackle. Unfortunately, we did not get to see him in the field drills because he got injured. He came up with a tight hamstring after running a 40, which, as impressive as Werf's workout was, Becton running a 5-140 at, you know, we'll just say 360 pounds because he got weighed again just before the 40s, and he came in at 358. So we'll just say 360. A 5-1 is pretty ridiculous. I think you can come up with an argument for any one of them to be OT1, but it might come down to being a very individual for that team argument. There might be a lot of circumstance surrounding that, and there's still a ton left to this draft process, especially pro days and individual workouts, as well as visits for players. There is going to be a lot that's going to come down to for this class, but you led right into our next winner from the day, and you talked about that 5 That is so crazy. 
that he was able to move that quickly at 350, roughly, probably 355 in that range, that much weight. He weighed in at 364, but there's always the how much do you actually weigh when you run because a lot of these guys are chugging tons and tons of water so they're properly hydrated, but still, 355, if he is that, running a 4.10 really flashes his athleticism. It just is a clear indication of the fact that Mekhi Becton has that athletic makeup that you can mold and work with and continue to improve. 23 bench press reps also for his long 35, almost 36-inch arms is pretty impressive. Like you said, though, did not get to see him on the field. It was a little bit disappointing. Did get to see him in one drill, but that 40 time and also his bench press are really enough to tell the full story. Yeah, and you can see that he has movement skills on tape. He has really light feet for such a ginormous human being. He is able to move. He can hold up on the edge against pass rushers. He can mirror. He can do all of the things that the drills would try to expose. You can see that on the field in pads. Yeah, I think we've gotten enough confirmation that he definitely belongs in that conversation with Worfs and Wills and Andrew Thomas. And the thing with this tackle class is they're all so different. There's no one really even close to what Mackay Becton is in terms of his weight and his size. It's a shame we didn't get to see his ability to maintain good leverage and his hand placement when it came to hitting the bags. Very much a shame that we didn't get to see him do that stuff, but still very positive that he was able to flash that athleticism. Another guy that had an overall well-rounded day was Jedrick Wills, still on the list of this top four tackle group. And of course, he was one of the guys who showed out because he's in that top four range six foot four three twelve he clocked in a 505 40 which is pretty good for his size 34.5 inch vertical is only two inches shorter than Tristan Wirth so it kind of got a little bit brushed under the the rug there because so many people are talking about that vertical from Wirth's but Wills moved very well in the drills you can tell that he's very technically sound coming from a notably great college football program in Alabama, you can really, really see that he has the footwork and the technique to be a pretty good offensive tackle. Yeah, and I think what really stood out for me is he moved well in the position drills, which going back to our combine preview, we both highlighted as it's great to see these enormous people doing athletic things. It, it's amazing to watch Becton run or to see Tristan Wirfs just defy gravity. But really, what tells the story is the position drills. And Wills did move well in the position drills, and I'm trying not to get too caught up in rhyming here. But I think what really stood out to me was how he hit the bags. You know, We didn't see the linemen hit as many bags as we have in previous years, partly, mostly because they did away with Fred the Sled, which took the, which kind of took out bags from some of the drills, the bags that normally you would have assistants or coaches or other players holding. But the the few times we did get to see Jedrick Wills hit a bag, he hit it with authority. He hit that bag like, I don't know, like it kicked his dog or something. He almost knocked the coach over. And to me, that was really impressive to see. Wills was certainly impressive and the fourth arguable 
guy in this list of the top four tackles is Andrew Thomas from Georgia, and we would not be doing our due diligence if we did not talk about him. There were guys that tested very well and had good drills, but it seems like there was a very notable, noticeable difference from these top four guys in various drills. Andrew Thomas was obviously one of them, six foot five, three fifteen, super long arms, thirty-six and one eighth eighth inch. He had a decent vertical, thirty inches, but I'm a little bit more impressed with that three cone. Seven five eight is very good for a over three hundred pound guy. But again, same thing with the other guys in front of him. Good feet, good body control when he was moving and able to maintain consistency when he was doing these drills. Yeah, you could see he has those top elite feet. It almost looks like, especially on the uh, rabbit drill where a coach was directing him to go back and forth along a line, you could see his feet never really came together. He was always... All of these guys, except for Becton, were really balanced. Thomas, he had really good knee bend. He always had his cleats in the ground, so he had good ankle flexibility. And you could almost see it it looked like his feet and legs were almost disconnected from his upper body. He had a really really good suspension system if he was a car. And it was just impressive to watch him on the field and doing those drills. It, it was impressive to watch all of these guys. The top of this tackle class is stacked. The ability to maintain balance in your upper body while you're pushing off and exploding with your lower body while making those steps, especially in that mirror drill, is so important. And a guy that really stuck out to me in the mirror drill specifically is Matt Hennessy, interior offensive lineman, probably a center from Temple. He ran a 51840, had 23 bench reps, 46 short shuttle, had a 7453 cone. That's very good movement skills for an interior offensive lineman. But like I said though, everything for me came down to the mirror drill. It's it stuck out to me how well he was able to punch and redirect with his feet in that drill and a lot is able to be seen and how well those guys can handle it. Yeah, we've got two centers on our list, uh, Hennessy and also Cesar Ruiz. Both of them looked really good, really smooth in their position drills when they're moving, moving their feet. I think it did help that the other two kind of top centers in the class – Tyler Biotish of Wisconsin, he didn't work out at all. He's getting, a, uh, I believe, a scope, get, just getting a joint cleaned out. And then Lloyd Cushenberry III, who I personally was excited to see, he came up lame in the 40. I believe he pulled a hamstring. Not good for us to not be able to see these guys, but good for guys like Hennessy and Ruiz that the other top guys weren't there. So that, that made it easier for them to stand out. And they really did, I thought. It really is a shame that a number of these interior guys weren't able to participate, especially Lloyd Cushenberry III, because he was a guy that could have very well shined in these technically-based drills involving footwork. But like you said, though, Hennessy and Ruiz were able to take advantage of that. The spotlight was not on someone else, so they were able to jump in and, and flash what they're capable of Last guy that we have is Shane Lemieux from Oregon. He ran a 5-1-140. The rest of his testing athletically was really not that great. We're not going to dig too deep in that. But if we're talking about players that had 
good days during the positional drills, which is a bit more of an importance for the offensive line, he had a pretty good day. We could get all hung up on the fact that Tristan Wirfs had a fast 40, which is very, very impressive, but you need to translate that stuff to the field, which Wirfs did, but also Lemieux was able to translate his fundamentals in the positional drills. He had a really pedestrian workout as far as the measurables go. I don't think he was even close to the top 10 in anything except maybe his 40. But once they got on the field in the position drills, he almost has tackle feet. Like I, If there was an injury, I honestly don't think I would feel too bad about seeing him line up at tackle, at least to finish out a game. He moved remarkably well for a guard, and especially a guard who is known for his power. You watch him on on the field, on tape at Oregon, and he moves people. He is a heavy hitter. He's got heavy hands. He can drive defenders off the ball. So you don't normally see guys like that with dancers' feet. You don't see guys like that in the mirror drill going back and forth, keeping a knee bend, keeping their cleats in the ground, not bringing their heels together, and just kind of having that typewriter footwork that you normally see from guys you talk about as starting tackles. So, you know, I'm not saying that Lemieux should uh, transition from guard to tackle. I'm just saying he's got great feet for a guard. We're going to discuss three running backs that also improved their draft stock. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. To wrap things up, we have three running backs for you who had great days, and we have to start off by talking about the monster of a man who weighed in at 247 pounds at six feet tall as a running back. That is A.J. Dillon. Now, yesterday, Chris and I were talking about how huge this guy is for weighing in at 247, and I was saying to him, that's just too much weight. But if you see him on the field and in these drills, you understand why he's 247 pounds because he can't lose any more fat. He is so toned and in incredible shape at 247. We saw that in his athletic testing. A 4-5-3-40 at that weight is incredible. 23 bench reps to show off his strength. But most importantly, he had a 41-inch vertical. Super explosive for a guy playing at almost 250 pounds. 
Yeah, and you see him in compression gear, in shorts, not in pads. You can kind of understand how a guy six foot, 247 could have a 41 inch vertical and a 45340. I would wager about 150 pounds of his body weight is in his quads. He, yeah, he's big up top, but his base is just huge. He has all kinds of power. And you could also see that he's a lot of his weight is low, so he has a low center of gravity, and that shows up on tape. He runs guys over. He runs through defenders. Yeah, he's not great off tackle, but you put him between the tackles, and he is a load to bring down. Yeah, good luck trying to tackle a guy that is as strong as he is and being able to run that fast. That size comparison for the speed is almost that of Leonard Fournette, who has been a bit inconsistent because of injuries, but when he's healthy is one of the better running backs in the NFL. Another guy who had a very good 40 time really shocked Chris and I because we knew he was athletic, we knew he was a good running back, but I don't think anyone really could have anticipated this much speed for his size, and that is Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. 5'10", 226, a little bit lighter than Saquon Barkley, but that's pretty close to the same size as Saquon Barkley. He was able to run a sub 4.440 at 4.39. That is incredibly fast and explosive with a 36-inch vertical for a guy that is almost 230 pounds. Being able to run that fast was very unexpected for him, and that is going to be a huge impact on increasing his draft stock. Yeah, absolutely. I We knew he was productive. He had over 6,000 yards in three years. He is the only player in NCAA history to do that. Not the only player to put up 6,000 yards, but the only player to put up 6,000 yards in a three-year span. He had a ton of touches. i well over 900 touches but to see him put up that kind of those kinds of numbers at his size with the type of runner that he is with as much wear as he has had is very impressive the fact that you could directly compare him and they did on the broadcast to Saquon Barkley is it really drives home what kind of athlete he is and you didn't exactly get to see that in Wisconsin's offense, the way they ran it. And the thing that kind of kills Jonathan Taylor is the fact that he has 900 plus touches in his career. That's what's going to happen when you have back-to-back 2,000-yard rushing seasons. You're going to need to touch the ball a lot to do that, and he was the focal point of their offense. He can't do anything about that, but he can certainly show that he's faster than people really expect him to be when he runs that fast of a 40 time. Our last guy had also a pretty fast 40 time and someone who is a bit underrated and not talked about a ton, but is starting to pick up a lot of steam. And that is Cam Akers from Florida State, who was previously one of the top running back recruits in his class. Five foot 10, 217, ran a 447 40 yard dash, 20 bench reps, and then a 35 5 vertical. All of those things test out really well. And you were able to see what he was able to do. In the positional drills, his footwork, his balance, and overall his consistency. Yeah, yeah. the the way Cam Akers ran that Deuce Staley drill, the one where they had the three bags set up kind of in a T-shape, 
and then they would go over them and then go go back over the bags, explode over, and then basically get a two-way go from a player simulating a safety. The way Akers ran that drill was it, it was a sight to behold because his feet were just so smooth. It was so effortless watching him navigate the bags, drop his hips, cut, and explode upfield. His workout was good. But the way he plays with the ball in his hands, he is going to be a running back to watch. He is going to be productive at the NFL level. He also looked pretty good in those receiving situations, in those drills at the Combine. So Chris, to wrap us up today, like we did yesterday, let's discuss our top performer of the day. I will get us going first here. And if you could tell from the tone of my voice at the beginning of the show, Mine is an obvious pick, and that is Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Athletically, incredible what he did. But also, to take that athleticism and transfer it to the on-field drills really helps him out. Because sometimes we do have these hyper-athletic offensive tackles like Greg Robinson, and that stuff doesn't really translate to technique and being a good offensive tackle, but I think we're starting to see what Tristan Wirfs can be in the ceiling that he has. Yeah, Wirfs really is an impressive athlete, which is great to see from a guy who is also impressive on the field. For my guy, I went with somebody we haven't mentioned yet, and that is Boise State offensive tackle Ezra Cleveland. Cleveland is not the biggest guy. He's 6'6", 311. His arms are 33 and 3 eighths inches long. So he doesn't have, you know, really prototypical size. He's got good size, but not great. But he had for a while, at least until Tristan Wirfs ran, the top 40 time with a 493. He's got, I believe it was the, yeah, he had the top three cone drill with a seven two six, which is just absurd for, for an offensive tackle. And then he had the top short shuttle time with a four, four, six, which is again, far and away the fastest time there. So he has really good athleticism, really good movement skills, and he's got some good tape too. You're making me regret not having him in our original list of offensive tackles for all of those numbers he had, but Ezra Cleveland was also a clear top performer in everything that he did during the day. Bit of a less talked about prospect that it really helped himself out during today's drills. That's all we have for you today, folks. Be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and also follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon and you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. Stick around for our next show, which will be coming in a recap of day three at the NFL Combine.